Welcome to the Marriage Puzzle Podcast with Julie and Thomas Hobby. We are marriage coaches who help couples with pain points about money, intimacy, and communication go from being overwhelmed to being secure in their marriage. If this is your first time listening to us, thanks for checking out our podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Let's dive into this episode. Welcome to episode 56 of the Marriage Puzzle Podcast and happy August. If you're a frequent listener, you know that we release episodes every week on Mondays, so it is August 1st, and we are talking about distractions in marriage, specifically technology or social media devices, things like that could be um, in the way of you and your spouse communicating. So, Oh, oh, is it my turn? (laughs) Sorry, I was just checking Instagram. I didn't realize we were going already. I was just going to say. I'm just kidding. That was fake. That was just for you guys. Point proven. <laughs> like, so I have a co-host here, my husband. So yeah, we're talking about distractions and... But that's probably like normal, right? You're talking yeah, and, and totally. you think you're talking to your spouse and they're, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. They're just on their on their phone or whatever your device of choice is. I can say I... I'm trying not to point the finger at you, but I have definitely been guilty of this. I am too, because I think we naturally think we can do two things at once. Like I'm listening with my ears and I'm looking at my phone with my eyes so I can do both. But it it really, really, your brain is like, no, what are we doing? Are we engaged in what we're looking at and reading and scrolling? Or are we engaged in listening to this you know, and having a two-way conversation with our spouse. Well, and the perception can be big in that from the other person's point of view, because if I'm the one scrolling and you're trying to have a conversation with me and I don't know what you're saying and I'm focused on what's in front of me, that's going to make you feel unvalued. And so the perception becomes really what's key and it's really the perception of the other person. And how they're perceiving what you're doing. If they're perceiving what you're doing is more important than talking to them, then that's what's going to become the reality, at least in their eyes. Um, even though I do tend to have this superpower of, you do. <laughs> of being totally distracted, not knowing what you said, but still being able to repeat it back word I, for word. I do test him on that. I'm like, you're not listening. And he's like, yes, you said da 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 da. And he's correct, but he has this look <laughs> on his face when he says it back to me that he's busted. Like, okay, I wasn't fully understanding what you said even though i can repeat it word for word i can hear what you say when it comes back out of my mouth that's when (laughs) that's when i hear it yeah but this is i mean this is nothing new right everybody does this now with um you know all like i said we're just talking about our phones but there's all kinds of devices and distractions you you name what whatever you're scrolling whatever you're looking at there's these distractions but i think with our devices um we welcome this interestingly enough into our marriage because it's like the safest relationship that we have so we kind of normalize it mm-hmm. we i don't think you would do it at work or you know in a professional environment or maybe even when you go to coffee with a friend i think it depends on how comfortable you are yeah i mean i think I, mean. I think you know you're right and in, in our marriage it is we're a lot more comfortable with each other so it's like yeah this is fine i can do this if you have the same meeting at work every single week and it's just the same thing over and over again you might get pretty comfortable in there and be like yeah i know what they're talking about it's it's all good i don't need to pay attention to this when you go to coffee with a friend 
that may not be the case because you may not have seen them in a while. So you may not be as comfortable in that scenario to do that. You'll, you'll probably get busted checking your device from time to time, but you're probably not going to totally tune out. Yeah, I was saying it feels maybe rude to, to do. You're, oh, I'm right. so, sorry. I apologize if, if I have to, you know, take a call. Of course, there's emergency or, or notifications, but I'm not mindlessly scrolling social media. Yeah, maybe if I'm watching a show or, or you mentioned a, a meeting, maybe at work. I don't do that, but uh, <laughs> if you do, I'm saying like I work you, from home. My boss isn't looking over <laughs> my shoulder. Say, if, if I'm being with my boss. Um, you know, they have my full attention or my direct reports. I'm giving their full attention because I expect that back. And then sometimes when we just, you know, the one we should love the most, our spouse, we give them our leftovers. It's like, whew, finally I can get comfortable at home, mm-hmm. pull out my phone and just mindlessly scroll, even though you're talking to me. And that's what we're talking about in this episode of the, that kind of distractions with our um, uh iPad, phone, technology, just something that is is mindlessly scrolling. Totally. And, you know, one of the things that really kind of hit me when we were planning for this episode was for any Apple users, at least, you're probably used to seeing a uh, screen time report pop up on your phone once a week. And and I don't know if it's the same on Android or not, but um, basically it, it pops up and it says you averaged this much screen time per day in the last seven days. And it'll tell you if you were percentage up or percentage down from the previous week. And it just kind of hit me as we started talking about this, that are we giving our spouse as much um, attention to kind of beat that daily screen time report? Now, keep this in perspective because again, we were just talking about being at work. We probably use our screens a lot at work and that factors into it, but your at home time. If you kind of were able to dissect that screen time report up to time that you were at home with the time that you're giving your spouse attention, beat that at home version of your screen time report. And that's just something to try to keep in mind really forever. You know, if, if, if you're not, if you feel like, wow, I've just been doing this a lot, then you kind of need to retrain yourself. And we're going to talk about some ways to do that. Yeah, it's for sure easier said than done because earlier in our marriage, you know, we, we knew that would be the right thing to do. What Thomas just kind of challenged us in, right, um, is like beating that screen time, the, the hours we spend on our screen, do we have the same or more hours of quality time with our spouse? Um, or at least looking at her spouse or listening to her spouse right. if you're talking on the phone. But um, it, earlier in our marriage, we, we heard that, we knew that, and so we tried to put this in place, right? And I'd even say we felt that. Yeah, the Because disconnect. there was a season in our marriage that I remember it was just really tough that we were going through a lot of stress, and we felt it, and so we tried to implement something. Yeah, so we set a big boundary. We like put our foot down. Set. I, I don't know the exact times, but it was more of like 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. It, it was we had our twins were really young at the time. So um, like when we got home from like work dinner, to when they went to bed, dinner basically. time to bedtime. And what we said is like no phones, you know, basically put them in a basket, no communication from the outside world whatsoever for this big chunk of time. And I have to admit, I failed horribly. Uh, that we don't do that anymore because I was more focused on what I couldn't have 
during that time period instead of what I did have right in front of me, meaning my husband, my family. And not to mention, we use our phone to take pictures. So if you have young kids, you want it when you're buying to like snap those pictures and video. But the principle was to not be distracted by our phones. But it would be if you, you know, left your phone at home and you were driving or went to work, you would panic. And I just would, I, I didn't enjoy that, that boundary because it was too strict. Yeah, I was going to say it became legalistic in like what you were saying you want to take pictures and it, we, we would kind of get this snippy attitude towards each other of like well is it okay if i get out my phone to take a picture of am the kids like to? am i allowed to do yeah. this and and it just became it counterproductive for what we were trying to accomplish so we had to find a different way to work through that so our intentions were good but the time frame that we picked just didn't work out for us I'm not saying that it wouldn't necessarily work out for you maybe you have a different situation but we're going to give you some more manageable things that we think would help out. Yeah, so I think some couples can do this, and I've heard that preached, but for us, we're just saying, like, we bit off more than we could chew at that and failed horribly, so now we have more realistic boundaries. The boundaries are still there, but something that we could do daily and succeed in, so we call them, like, distraction-free times. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is something that we encourage you to have in your marriage that you both agree to, and, and that way you can both achieve this. So three small things that we suggest that you could accomplish um, daily. First one is greet your spouse first thing in the morning um, before looking at your phone. So if you have similar, you know, morning schedules, um, make sure you're you're definitely greeting your spouse before you get sucked into that scroll and you're like, good morning, hello, you know, like, are you, and do you know that I'm standing right here? I got out of bed. Laying right here, <laughs> yeah. literally touching yeah. you. <laughs> like, figure out where your priority is because that really communicates something in your marriage. If you, you know, your alarm, my alarm's on my phone, so I'm going to pick up my phone, but as soon as I turn off my alarm and we're both awake, that, that morning embrace um, even saying the words good morning really means something um, in, in our marriage, at least. I'm glad you mentioned the alarm because that was what was about to come out of my mouth is like, it's going to be hard to do because that is most people's first thing that they touch in the morning when their alarm goes off on their phone. And it's so easy to just pick that up and get sucked in. Um, but really choosing to have the willpower to put that down and roll over and talk to your spouse first. Um, and, and, and once you start um, accomplishing that, then take it that step further. And, you know, good morning, give them a kiss. How did you sleep? Like, add another question or two in, you know, what do you have planned for today? What's what's on your mind? How are you waking up? You know, things like that, that will really set, set your day off right. But start with something small and manageable, which is avoid getting sucked into the scroll and tell them good morning first, and then build on it from there. Yeah, because if you're just trying to find out how many likes and comments you got from overnight, you know, like, (laughs) you can get that same affirmation from the person that you just woke up next to. So give them a chance to be that for you. And maybe some better affirmation. (laughs) If you catch my drift, (laughs) wink, Uh, wink. It's like, no, no phones in the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's number two? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that should have been number two. I don't know. But uh, number two is greet your spouse when they get home. So kind of flipping this from the morning to uh, after work time. Um, Essentially, there shouldn't be very many things that 
uh, prevent you from greeting your spouse when they get when they arrive home or vice versa. Um, obviously, there can be certain things if you're in the middle of helping a kid with something, but um, there should be very few things that prevent you from doing that. And that might be the first interaction you've had in eight plus hours over the time that they've been gone. So that will be a way that sets the rest of your evening off. And if you don't greet them or they don't greet you, it's going to make you feel invalued, like you were gone doing this. And if if you don't get that greeting in, then now you're, you're both just going to be off. Or one of you, at least, might just be a little off because you just don't feel good coming into the house. You don't feel welcomed, so to speak. Yeah, I think these, you know, greet your spouse. You're probably like, yeah, I know that. I do that. Um, so simple. But I, I just think back to what we said about how easy it is to uh, pull out your phone um, and get distracted when you're with your spouse. These things, if you don't do them on the daily, it will be so easy to just get home and, and normalize just being home together instead of like, a really big we're really big on hello and goodbyes because those interactions you know just should mean something that I'm really happy to see you again or I'm gonna you know make that connection on my way out um as well so those those greeting times instead of like whew now I can relax and slip my shoes off and get on my phone and just like unwind um that can come, but don't put your spouse <laughs> second in line of that like unplugging time together. Yeah, totally. And I just want to add in one word on this uh, this thing. We said greet your spouse when you get home. I, I want to change that to intentionally greet your spouse because you know if, if you come home after me and I'm cooking dinner at the stove and I'm just like, hey, how's it going? That's not really a greeting. So intentionally focus on them and greet them and make it a worthwhile greeting when they get home. Yeah. And then the third one that we um, want to share with you guys is our distraction free time. Again, that's something that we believe is achievable um, is dinner time. And we know a lot of families in America, at least, like, had different um, ideas of what dinner time looks like. Whether you have a family or it's just you and your spouse, that's a that's a family or with or without kids. What does your dinner time look like? Are you just coming and going, eating at different times, feeding the kids first, then you guys eat, eat at you know the couch, whatever, like? We really try in our family and our marriage to sit at the dining room table. And all have the same meal at the same time. And that's being intentional. But talking about distractions, we've gone a step further. And that is a place that we don't bring our phones to. Mm -hmm. And our kids are not teenagers yet. But I hope that us uh, modeling that in our in our marriage will also help model that to our family time and that's just some good you know talk time of everyone sharing about their day and it's really really cute because our um, twins are eight years old so they have a lot to say about school or the activities they did throughout the day and we we try to share 
um, what's appropriate to talk about our work days and stuff. And so the other night, our three-year-old uh, said, well, what about my day? And it was so cute because she was like, wait, when's it going to be my turn? When are you going to ask about my day? Yeah. And so we basically just asked, well, what did you have for lunch? <laughs> yeah. But it's just starting that, that conversation. And that wouldn't happen, I think, if we had our phones just even on the table waiting for the next, you know, priority to pop up. We're giving our, our family and our, our, you know, obviously our spouse that attention and a distraction free time. Yeah. And setting that time as a, being an example, as just a married couple before you have kids even, and setting that time as your family grows, setting the tone of that time, setting the priority of that time without having the distractions will prevent you from having to make a rule about that later. Mm. Um, because if you have to make a rule about it, then you're you're ruling them with like an iron fist and saying like no phones at the table. But if you just set the priority and set the tone of it, like no, we're just not going to do that. And they know they have your attention. It's going to help you to prevent from having to do that later. So um, so those are our three. Uh, we've got greet your spouse when, uh, when you first wake up in the morning. Uh, intentionally greet your spouse when you get home and then uh, no distractions at dinner time. And um, one other thing we just want to leave you with is quality time with your spouse is going to be greater than quantity of time. And don't get that twisted. We always, we all want to have a long marriage with each other and things like that. But um, you won't remember the nights that you just sat next to each other on the couch scrolling on your own individual devices in your own world, but you will remember those nights that you stayed up till two in the morning just talking to each other face to face, giving full eye contact. Um, you're going to remember those. So just remember that that quality time is so much more important than just the quantity in proximity near each other. Yeah, your phone will probably always be there unless you lose it. Um, but I've done that before. <laughs> I left it in the public restroom and it was stolen. And it was replaceable. <laughs> it was replaceable. It will always be there um, or, or, you know, most likely always be there. But what's on your phone, what's on your device will always be there in such a digital world. Um, can you say the same for your spouse? You know, will, will they always be there? Will they always want to be there? And so... We would also encourage you to plan for distraction-free time. So those were three tips that we think any couple could um, do every day, you know, to, to achieve. But also go bigger than that and plan for distraction-free time by going for a walk together. Or just what was the last time you just sat down together somewhere and said, let's talk? That, you know, go sit on the couch, your bed, on the back porch. I, I bet if you invite your spouse and say, like, let's talk, they will be like, what do you want to talk about? Because it's kind of an awkward thing. Like I said, you get yeah. so used to your spouse that you are going to be used to having that device in your hand and just lay it down and talk to each other and um, get to know each other again or whatever you need to do. And the first thing you could do to talk about is is exactly this. How are we going to have distraction-free times in our marriage? Yeah, perfect. I love it. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode this week. And as always, you can find us on social media at, at Marriage Puzzle on Facebook and Instagram. Go check out our website, marriagepuzzle.com, where you can schedule a free marriage coaching discovery call with Julie and myself. 
And as always, we look forward to you joining us back here next week where together we'll work on marriage one puzzle piece at a time. See you later. Adios.